Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we provide insights and visibility into products and solutions across the Cisco portfolio and trending topics across our industry. If you like our podcast, please follow us and feel free to share your favorite episodes with your colleagues and friends. If you have thoughts on what we should cover in a future episode, let us know on Twitter at, at Cisco Champion. Alrighty. Well, we always have fun talking about Meraki, and today we are going to discuss our Meraki MX hardware, our multifunctional security and SD-WAN enterprise appliances, covering things like design, capabilities, and other interesting stuff. There's, of course, a lot to talk about, so we've enlisted the help of our best champs and Cisco experts to deliver what you might want to know. All right, before we get into the conversation, of course, we'd like to start with introductions. Adam, I'm going to start with you. Who are you, my friend? My name is Adam Hawfield. I'm a architect at Insight. I focus mainly on network security, uh, so that goes for firewalls uh, across Meraki, Firepower. I also do a lot of uh, ICE work as well, so I'm very involved in the next space too. Dustin, you're up next. What do you do? Hello there. Uh, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, my name is Dustin Gabbett. I work for ScanSource. That's the largest U.S.-only Cisco distributor. Uh, a little bit about ScanSource and the team I work on, where we help our partners navigate their unique journey as a Cisco partner, and we help them achieve their Cisco goals, uh, whatever that may look like for them. And I have the privilege of heading up our Cisco CX practice here at ScanSource. And uh, like I said, I'm honored to be a part of this esteemed panel. We're honored to have you. Gerard, lovely to have you. Tell us about yourself. Always a pleasure to be back here with my Cisco champion family. I love you all. Uh, my name is Gerard Cavallinas. I'm the founder of Tech House 570, wherever books are sold. And I'm also an engineer for Helion Systems, a phenomenal MSP based in Philly. You can find me on Twitter, at G Cavallinas, uh, on LinkedIn, Gerard Cavallinas, and anywhere books are sold. And I'm pretty excited for this. So, again, thank you for having me on. Always a pleasure to hang with y'all. All right. On to our experts, Nick and Sam. Thank you for being with us today. Um, can you tell us more about who you are and what you do at Cisco? Yeah, I can start off. Uh, my name is Sam Fansler, and I am the product manager for Meraki's MX uh, and Z product lines, which are our sort of secure edge devices that secure small business to enterprises, um, or in the case of Z, even teleworker locations. Perfect. And I am Nick Jerger. I'm a TME on the MX, uh, the MX product line, uh, mostly focus on the hardware. So I am basically tied at the hip to Sam here. Lucky you. <laughs> okay, I don't know who wants to take this, but you know, before the champs kick us off, um, who can give us a little bit of background on what we're talking about today? Yeah, uh, I can dive in a little bit for us. So, um, as Nick mentioned, we primarily work on hardware, and as I talked about, we work on MX, and we see MX as sort of a unified threat management platform that can sit at the edge for customers. Uh, we do everything there from firewall to, you know, uh, to SD-WAN um, to basically it's, I mean, it's an open platform. We, we've got containers. We can run all sorts of stuff for you. Um, 
And really, I think the, the coolest thing we like to think about about MX and Meraki is that you are getting a device that will live for a very, very long time, right? We have MX devices that have been out there for a decade and are still getting updates. Um, we have large scaled networks that go all the way up to 17,000, I think even 18,000 devices on a single. And really we like to think of these as things that don't work in isolation, right? This is an integrated system that works together uh, that we're really excited about. The true test is whether they live longer than Dustin's AC unit. Oh, that is a great question. <laughs> I think that was pushing 22 plus years. So <laughs> I'm going to go with yeah on that one. Just for context, everybody, Dustin's AC, uh, uh, I don't know how I want to say it. It, it died this week, but uh, reincarnated as a new, a new unit. So we're very happy for him as we're going through this heat wave. It lives again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can I can start. I I uh, Sam, you you touched on it a bit about the the MX, even some of the older ones getting uh, updates in 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 very recent uh, times, getting a significant upgrade and update to the throughput capability, which uh, I I had the ability not to witness personally, like for myself, but I had several partners who during some supply chain type issues uh, were looking at doing upgrades and. We're able to kind of stave off the uh, the um, dissatisfaction of customers, even though they understood it was the real, you know, it was it was real life and everybody was facing it by saying, hey, you know, that thing that you had for a while that maybe you were looking at forklifting or, or replacing or updating or upgrading, guess what? That That is now a more viable product because of this update uh, that you hadn't really anticipated. Um, and so that was just, that was a huge uh, a huge piece to be able to keep those things alive a little bit longer. We saw it. We saw it uh, across across the board here in the last few, like six eight months. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, the I think the specific update you're talking about this past January, we had our MX67 and 68, uh, two of our sort of small branch appliances, get an update to get a little bit more performance. Uh, that was something that I think we were very very proud of on our side for our, our firmware engineers and our software team just to be able to get that out, especially on hardware that to your point, I believe the MX67 and 68 started being sold in 2015. Uh, so yeah, they've they've been out there for a while. Um, and that is, that is something that to us at Meraki is a very, very important sort of guiding principle that as long as we are selling a platform, we are going to be working on that platform and what we are developing is going to work on that platform. Um, new features are coming out. If we're selling you a box, that new feature is going to run on that box. No, no hardware has an endless lifespan, so I'm not saying those boxes will never, ever get to the end of their life, but... Uh, we do have like to have a very long sales life and a long after after sales end of end of life support cycle as well um and yeah absolutely the 6768 uplink is something or uplift excuse me is something that we were very proud of anything to add nick i do want to clarify it came out in 2018 not oh excuse me no worries um but yes it is something that we are super proud of right whenever we do have the ability to improve the experience for the people using our equipment on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Even if it does cause us a bit of pain, does cause us um, a bit of struggle, right? We, we are here to serve it. 
our community, right? It, it is really focused from that. And we can't always promise like, hey, you'll always see these sort of uplifts, but right, that, that is the sentiment, the feel that I have experienced throughout my tenure here, starting in 2015 at Meraki, of, of what people really drive towards as, as an organization. I've got I've got two things there, Nick. Uh, so, so did you get a similar uplift since you were back in 2015? And, and not the NX, number one, number number two, and this kind of ties into what Nick and Sam said about you know Sam. You said uh, the hardware doesn't have an endless uh, lifespan, and and I know this is the NX team, but does that mean my MR16 is not going to get Wi-Fi six? Is that fair to say? <laughs> Tragically, I don't think we're going to be able to push a hardware update to your We your also MR. can't talk about roadmap stuff here. I understand. I'll, I'll, yeah, uh, I mean, that is something, you know, I'm, I'm sure somebody somewhere is working on beaming new hardware into existing devices. I, I can't say if we're doing it here or not, but somewhere. So, so I wanted to, you know, ask, especially someone who's still getting their feet with with, with Meraki, right? You know, I have it in my home lab and we're seeing it in, in the wild a lot more. Can can you maybe kind of, for those at home, I did a little looking in myself and I think it's phenomenal from the portfolio and the offerings. Maybe touch base on, you know, it's MX's ability to scale, you know, how that would support certain uh, enter type or enterprise type deployments and kind of what goes into that. Maybe if we could touch base on that. Sure, absolutely. So, I mean... Meraki has a, a suite of MX devices that you know go from small appliance all the way up to enterprise, but I think uh, a lot of times what we really like to use them, to your point, is scalable many endpoint deployments. Uh, if you are running a fast food chain uh, and you need to have some secure communication from all of your different restaurants that are nationwide or perhaps even international, uh, you can do that by setting up an MX device in each of those. The nice thing about the MX portfolio too, especially for, for sort of a small deployment there, is it does turn a little bit into your everything device. Uh, we do have cellular backup on some of our models. We have Wi-Fi on some of those models as well. There's an integrated switch. And on top of that, it is going to be your security device. You can run your SD-WAN solution through it. So for something like, you know, a fast food restaurant or you know maybe a small retail store or a small law office or something that's got a couple people working there this really can be sort of your one-stop shop uh, and in terms of your ability to scale um, as i said i think we've got deployments out there with uh, eighteen thousand plus uh, nodes on there um, which really i mean not a lot of networks are going to get bigger than that we also have plenty of deployments with one node uh, or with, you know, maybe four. So we really do design this to be something that's easy to use at the entry level. And then as your business grows, the solution really can grow with you. And I'll add, you know, that that existing scale that you get is still done in the, you know, Meraki way, right? With integrations into the other Cisco products too, like Umbrella and AMP, it's, it's a simple checkbox and an API key in the case of Umbrella, right? Just because you're spinning up 18,000 retail locations or whatever doesn't necessarily make that process any harder with Meraki products as you scale that number larger. Yeah, there's, you're there's hired, a lot Adam. Of... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There's, a, there's other other benefits too that you know go kind of just beyond it being that single piece at a at a at a law office or you know a small retail chain where you know if it is a smaller IT group and not some kind of managed service uh, provider supporting that, uh, you know, they may not have to roll a truck necessarily because they have that ability to, because it's cloud managed, they got that dashboard, they can get some 
insights, no plug to the product, but they can get some visibility into the uh, in, into seeing it, whether it's whether it's up, what's going on. Uh, you know, of course, in advance, if they're spinning up a new branch or a new office, a new retail site, they can get it into their dashboard ahead of time. So when it gets on in smart hands or smart-ish hands, uh, plug it in in the right ports, get that thing on board, and then that configuration gets into the box. So kind of a, uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a phenomenal product, and a, and uh, everybody I know that that uh, that leads with it from a partner perspective has incredible success and. Customers I know that have it uh, obviously uh, love it. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, you were, you weren't kidding there. Uh, we have any openings in sales, Nick? Do you know we got a couple new, <laughs> new people that we might want to have new conversations. This is actually with. your interview. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah exactly. Surprise! No, there's always openings. I will definitely say that, and I know more than a few people who come from the partner side to uh, the Meraki sales organization. So. There is that piece, <laughs> but but we're all talking about this scale, right? That that we can grow with you. Um, just thinking rough numbers here. When I started, we were about two to three million Meraki devices online worldwide, right? That is our MXs, our switches, our APs, um, and that's really what we had at that time. When we look just at the MX and Z portion of our portfolio. We have roughly 1.7 million devices deployed in online, right? So, so when we're talking scale and the conversation around we are bigger and better together, right? That that is where we can leverage that piece. And some of those numbers that that Sam was talking about around how many devices we had in an organization, right? Some customers have multiple organizations, so so double that, triple that, quadruple that as they're scaling out, right? So. The conversation isn't of, are we focused on just providing to certain segments of the market? Not necessarily, right? We are focused on making sure that we are there and can provide the solution for your organization. Right. I was going to say that there are, of course, very specific um, vertical and industry use cases and applications uh, which, which play to to uh, whether it's partners, uh, you know, addressing a certain a certain market, or if it's um, IT buyers of li- or line of business buyers looking for solutions that address their outcomes, they're trying to achieve. They're all there. You guys have done the work on that. So, in addition to having the the sales tools and the the front end uh, select portion of a life cycle of a product nailed down, you guys have already been drilling and crushing the. The hardware uh, and the and the software, as well as the feature set stuff. I, maybe maybe I'm a fanboy. I guess I don't know. I apologize. <laughs> no need to be apologetic. <laughs> yeah, we're always happy to meet fanboys. Hey, well, and it's exciting too. We'll because call you cancelers. And and just to be just, and Gerard, I know you're next here. I just want to say I'm a fan man. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're after to do like a, a play on the Sandman there, the fan man. Enter the fan man. Enter <laughs> the fan man. No, I was just really excited too because uh, you know, in, in in checking a lot of these these features out and some of the products you have, I know there was also to a uh, a virtual client. Uh, in addition to that, can you maybe touch base on that a little more? Because I was really excited too, especially for those that are you know starting to see more. We're starting to see cloud is becoming a big thing, right? With AWS, Azure, um, just a, a few different options. Can can you touch base a little on? Uh, I think it was VMX was the solution that you guys offer. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, VMX, I think the, the goal of VMX is to provide the exact same experience that you have with an MX just in those virtualized environments, in Azure, in uh, AWS, uh, where, wherever you're going to be hosting your, your cloud um, devices. And one of the nice things about Meraki, we've talked a little bit about it as cloud managed, but that allows our virtual devices to feel very much like a physical device, right? You're still going to be managing it through that single plane of, pane of glass that you get with Meraki, uh, and feature parity should be there. Um, so really the goal there is to make your virtual environment feel like just another a business site that you're collecting data from. Nice. And it's exciting too, especially, you know, from someone like me, who's, who's again, ha the, the more you have to offer the client, the better, and it's going to give them a, a wide range of experiences both ways. So I'm excited. Here's totally. a, here's an off the, off the cuff one. Uh, but, uh, spicy. <laughs> so I, I'm curious, has there been any like really cool applications you've seen where, uh, another product line that, uh, that Meraki has like the MT sensors, have you seen anything where they've kind of been coupled, uh, or even the MV, even the cameras where they've been coupled with a, uh, an MX to do something unique from a standpoint of, um, uh, of an integration? Like, uh, I mean, I know, like, for example, the, the sensors on a, maybe an IT closet, right? And so they're saying, hey, someone's in the room with the MX, you know, do do this or that alert. But I was just curious uh, um, with those, um, you know, and Nick, you had alluded to the fact that there was only X number of, of total devices before. And now there's a proliferation, if I may, uh, of, of MXs alone. Uh, these these MT sensors give you the ability to kind of flex on on some of the the overall capabilities of of really protecting a an IT environment in a smaller type phone closet or whatever as opposed to being like in a data center or or an IDF or MDF. It's okay if the answer is no. I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> so at least from like an MT integration point, right? As of today right you can pair that right in ui with an mv right and you can have alerts to trigger from that perspective so if you do have a camera inside of your or inside of the room where your rack is or or in the dc however you have it right you could definitely have that alert um be sent right if you hit that criteria right um so it's not exactly like a specific mx related trigger um, but it is a part of the whole portfolio, right? That, that better together, we are the sum of our pieces and not the individuals. Um, I will say just from like, uh, I was a network support engineer before. I think one of the coolest places I had heard somebody had deployed our equipment was on, in, in a wind farm, right? So they had like individual devices um, basically to allow communication back, right, for that remote management sort of piece, right? And these were just spread across the geographic location that they were at, um, phoning home, right, using cellular uh, using cellular and a LAN connection, if I remember correctly. It's been a few years, but yeah, it, we aren't a fully ruggedized platform, but like you can see us in a bunch of different applications, so the PoE ports on the MX are actually powering the wind turbines? 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would yeah, be probably cool. the other brand new but... standard of POE that goes <laughs> way beyond <laughs> 60 <laughs> watts. That's next level stuff. That's 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 more than 90 watts on the new cattle. I mean, that's I want to know what's power in that for a wind. Absolutely. Uh, I will say one other thing that uh, your question, while this isn't a direct answer to your question, it, it did sort of make me think of um, that one of the nice things about working on MX and it's something that I like about working on this part of Meraki's portfolio. And Nick, you can tell me if you feel differently, but I kind of do see MX as the nexus around which all of our other products get to hover. So whatever your integration is doing, whether it's with an MT sensor or with a camera or with anything else, all of that is probably going to be coming back to an MX, right? We sit at the edge. We are sort of your guardian guarding you from all of the horrible, horrible things that can happen out there on the internet uh, and hopefully keeping you safe with all of our wonderful security features. But from there, uh, it really does allow us to then connect to, hey, your switches, your your MRs, uh, everything else that is keeping your business up and running. So uh, I, I think of MX as sort of both the brain and the shield for the rest of the body, which I'm sure is a much more flattering picture than maybe uh, some of our other colleagues in MR would like to, to think, as I'm sure they think their product is the best. But we all know, we all know on this call that MX is really the best, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's a, that kind of ties into the sassy uh, the sassy piece, and I guess before I even say, you know, like a- acronyms, I know we we talked a little bit about. I said MT and MB and this and that and MR. I think I even threw out there. Those are just some of the other product lines. And for those uninitiated or unfamiliar with Meraki, there are you know uh, wireless access points, and switches, and then of course the MX uh, piece. And uh, MB is the video surveillance uh, cameras, and then the MTs are the sensors. And then the Z the is IOT kind of that, stuff, yeah. yeah, the IoT. And then the the uh, the Z is kind of that subset of the MX that really focuses for the teleworkers. So just want to put that out there for everybody, so that everybody has the kind of baseline. That's the hired the, too. Don't forget <laughs> the MG. Yeah, yeah, we, and MG is also something not to, not to forget, which we haven't mentioned yet, but our our cellular modems. I'll bring it up. That's one of my favorite integrations with an MX, especially the new ones that have the PoE on the WAN port, you know, yep. you, you yep. can run an MG because, you know, I, I know there's MXs with built-in cellular, right? But sometimes the cellular signal in the comm room where the MX is, isn't the best location for it. So absolutely, we actually had a, uh, they were sort of a manufacturing slash retail customer and they had the need for cellular failover with a MX SD-WAN solution. So, um, they ran PoE to the roof and actually bought an, an MG that was the waterproof one. I don't remember if it was the 21 or the 41, but they're anyway, all, they're all okay. Um, they mounted those on the roof and that's how they got cell signal into some of these remote areas that they had manufacturing plants that they got zero cell signal um, in the actual building. So that, that was really, really cool to see. And it's so simple. You just plug it in the WAN port, powers itself up PoE connects back to the dashboard and boom, as long as you got a valid SIM card, you're, you're set to go. Yeah, I, I agree that integration with MG is one of the coolest things that you can do. Uh, getting a, a POE WAN port is something we we were very proud of, uh, and something that we've been asking for that for a doing. while. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> as, as you should have been. Um, and yeah, I think you bring up a good point that you know there's sometimes there's integrated cellular on the MX, so that could seem like a point of contention almost between the two. But really, it's just about what kind of an experience do you want. And that's something 
to not to plug the partners too much, but that's something that as a partner we offer is a you know cellular assessment for a particular client to to determine whether or not you know they could use the integrated cellular in an MX or if they needed to purchase a combo MG MX for that particular uh, location. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great time to leverage you guys and our partners to to do that assessment for you. Because um, a lot of businesses actually do get pretty good cellular service just mounting sure. an MX on the ceiling or something. And yep. that's great. But, you know, if you're in a locked up in a back room with a bunch of metal around you, that's probably not the yeah, best thing. Exactly. So fortunately, then we do have our MGs that you can run outside and get even better service than you would have been if you weren't in a metal box. So, yep. So, Adam, for that service, is that like you go out with your phone and you just kind of like. There's they have. It's a little more scientific. <laughs> if it was me, yes, that's what I would do. But there, there's actually more uh, scientific monitoring equipment. I don't know what it is. I've never seen it. But uh, it's able to monitor. Instead of looking at the carriers, it looks at like the actual cellular bands and frequencies that they nice. operate on. And then works backwards to determine what carriers would work best for that site. I love science. Amazing. I, I think in an interesting <laughs> standpoint, that frequency response that they look at some of those analog terms were actually referred to as bandwidth. Uh, and we've uh, taken it in the digital forms and use it for like download speeds and stuff like that. Oh, my bandwidth. But I believe from my early analog days that uh, frequencies and stuff were referred to as uh, bandwidth. But I digress. Yeah, because certain carriers, you know, license a certain, certain spectrum. So if they see that particular spectrum there, they know it's carrier X, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that can, that can help. For sure, when specking the right um, uh, carrier for your that saying that you, this is your best chance for that. Although right. there's some pretty cool developments nowadays with uh, um, SIM cards that can hop between the different yep. uh, carriers. With eSIMs and everything, yep. Yep. Uh, what about some of the, um, Sam, the, the uh, not the smoothest transition I've ever made, but I'm curious about some of the any, the any, the any, the any connect uh, components where, where you're able to, to uh, get people to kind of VPN in uh, that, that capability being somewhat built in. Yeah. I might actually kick that one over to Nick for sure. And I think I got a little bit better transition from the cellular piece here. Oh, (laughs) Yeah. So really what I'm, what, what you're describing, Adam is we have, the ability to allow you to get connectivity where where it actually is, right? And and I think this is a good point uh, that Dustin had kind of mentioned here, where what about those clients that are not on-site, right? They're, they're not behind your MX, right? You still want them to be able to have access to those resources you have at your data center that you have at your corporate location, right? Um, and that, that's kind of where we had started from a Meraki perspective, right? Using L2TP VPN. Well, I can tell you m- on more hands than, than are on this call that everybody has wanted and connect, right? Yes. Um, it, it took us, took us a bit, but yes, we have any connect on the MX platform. It is a part of the MX16GA uh, which is currently GA'd. So that is something that you can totally use today. Um, if you do have some existing AnyConnect licenses, I would have to bring up the documentation just to make sure I don't misquote there. Um, but from that perspective, right, you can use AnyConnect with your MX as of today, right? So that, that experience that you had 
with your traditional Cisco equipment, right, that sort of experience has come to the MX. I'm hearing the applause from all the people listening to this. Right now. <laughs> slow clap. Definitely a slow clap on this started, but it's building to a, a, a raucous uh, applause. Yeah, so one other thing that might be worth touching on too, I guess that I just was thinking about um, as Nick was talking through there is sort of our hardware design philosophy, right? Nick and I, you know, as much as the software and everything is a wonderful part of Meraki, Nick and I also most of our work is on the MX hardware and what is actually going in the box that we're physically shipping there. And when we're talking about these new features, right, that that we're shipping and everything, one of the hardest jobs that I think we have is thinking what what features are going to be shipping in two, three, five, ten years while we're building a box, right? I'm sure when the MX6768 that we were talking about earlier was being shipped. They were not thinking of, you know, Meraki Insight and Thousand Eyes and everything at the beginning of that, the conception of those boxes. And so thinking around how do we build a box that is going to live for the 10 to 12 years that some of these boxes live for um, and still manage to support everything. And by and large, our approach at this point has just been to to build the strongest hardware that we possibly can for whatever price point we are selling it at. Uh, if we think, all right, right now we think we're going to need one or two gigs of RAM just to run the device, we're going to bump that up to three. Or maybe if we're thinking we need three or four, let's bump that up to eight so that in 10 years, when you are still using our device and there's some new feature that none of us on this call have even thought we might need, uh, we know that we've got enough resources there that you're going to be able to turn on your Meraki device. You're going to be able to load up that feature and it's going to run smoothly. Is that called future-proofing? <laughs> you know, I, I hesitate to say the term future-proofing because in hardware, there's kind of a joke that future-proofing is impossible, but it's our attempt at future-proofing. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Future, yeah, yeah. future feature-proofing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a hard thing to balance because, you know, you have to have a crystal ball you know, sort of. And then, you know, in traditional consumer electronics, right, if something gets older and you update it to newer software, like, you know, a laptop or a, a phone or something, it gets slower, right? It's not able Absolutely. to do the same amount. But, you know, with the with DMX, it's not like if you go to a newer, a newer version of software, you're going to necessarily lose a ton of performance because your appliance is older. So it's a it's a hard balance to maintain. Oh well, well I wanted to well I wanted to kind of touch base on you see me especially uh, my love for network automation you know as it grows by the day every second of my life I, I notice that you know with this platform it allows us a ton more visibility and it's it's going to keep growing right and expanding what I don't know if maybe we could touch base on it not too much but maybe like what what are are some things that are that Lamex is going to be utilizing that are going to allow us to get more data right so you know with with the devnet community and and having those api integrations i mean what are some things that you guys might have for your portfolio that's going to allow us to get even more visibility into like real-time issues and kind of be allow us to 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 stop them before they they get to be a bigger bigger issue with the mx platform as far as from like a troubleshooting perspective and things of that yeah absolutely i think uh, you know the thing that i'm going to go to automatically is meraki insights and specifically thousand eyes for that uh which are Meraki Insights is sort of our analytics engine uh, that you can get depending on more data, depending on what licensing tier, but there's certainly some available with sort of Meraki Health 
at all levels. And then Thousand Eyes specifically was sort of conceptualized as, hey, you've got these thousands of MX devices or millions, as we've been talking about, uh, out in the field. How can we actually use those to help sort of assess some of these issues? And the idea with Thousand Eyes is you take them and you can run automated tests throughout your network assessing every individual hop to see, all right, where is my data going? How, what is the quality of this connection? What's the speed? You know, packet loss, uh, jitter, all of your traditional sort of metrics that you're looking at. Um, and just automated, automate those tests and send alerts or send back just all the data so that you can start assessing it so that you can have that at your fingertips at any point. I, uh, to your point, I don't want to go too deep because I actually think Meraki Insight and Thousand Eyes would probably be a really great topic for an entire one of these conversations, right? There's a lot that's happening Definitely. Uh, that our colleagues... Uh, yeah, a full automation MX. call could be its own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, there, the there's a lot API. we could do there. I'm all for but, that. <laughs> um, MX definitely, from my perspective on the hardware side, is sort of the heart where we do think most of Thousand Eyes should sort of centralize around them, and anything else we can get on top of that for thousand eyes is is gravy but as i said as the sort of brain of your network absolutely need to have mx keeping our eyes peeled so to speak uh, nick anything to add yeah uh, i think that's a fantastic starting point right uh the part that that you kind of focused there sam right was was the wan side right and that is really critical for where we sit right all your data is passing through us so if something's going on with those uplinks, right, that, that's kind of where SD-WAN is, is a fantastic segue as a part of this as well, right? We can optimally choose based on either custom or pre-built performance classes to send your traffic over a specific WAN uplink based on what you have predefined or what we've, what, what health checks and all that that we're doing in the background here. Um, the other part to keep in mind, uh, as well as that, that land side, right? That is something that we haven't fully had the time to focus on, right? But the, the Meraki health piece, right? If you look at our colleagues on the switch or MS side or the MR or AP side of things, right? They've started this integration where essentially you have, um, the platform as a whole kind of looking and seeing what's going on. I think my favorite, um, my favorite example is mismatching VLANs from our, our friends on Switch, right? Where we can proactively alert you of like, hey, your your allowed VLANs don't match, right? Your you have a trunk and access and, and that's that that can cause issues depending on the config of what traffic can pass, right? So so there's definitely an opportunity for us to expand that, right? Not just from the WAN side perspective of thousand eyes and and meraki insights and the whole sd wan but also that land side conversation as well as as we we are the one where, where your traffic transits through speaking about sd wan um where do we typically see mx positioned in the you know because you know you have some traditional pure play sd wan products and you have combined security and sd wan i think that's where the mx in my opinion shines a lot because you can have that SD-WAN fabric that's a legitimate true SD-WAN fabric, but still have the security inspection that uh, the MX offers. Any any comments on that? I, I think you nailed it. Um, 
I, you know, I think we do see the MX as as much of an all-in-one device as I think you can get in networking. Uh, we do run your firewall, run, uh, you know, sort of your unified threat management there, but also fully support SD-WAN solutions. Um, it's from my perspective, I really like just having that all in one box so that you don't have to worry about any integrations between, you know, what's doing your security and what's actually managing network traffic. It's just all nice and self-contained. But uh, that's that's definitely something that I think we plan to continue. That's an important part of the MX portfolio, in my opinion. Excellent. Yeah, yeah that the um, going back to that, that uh, MX is part of that that sassy piece where it's just the the edge device of course if you have uh you know duo from a multi-factor authentication piece and then you have your umbrella um protecting from a dns aspect if you have if you had the entire stack and your access points were mrs and they were protecting with wireless devices and the umbrella integration and uh and the users are getting on with duo i mean full protection but if you just had an mx protecting you out to the to the uh, to the internet that's that's like uh that's a great starting point and if you're if you're building a security posture um to to, to try and be zero trust like you know i don't trust you but uh but <laughs> but you, you you start start with the mx right and then and then from there build out layers upon layers of security um that's that's what that's what uh it's it's kind of the the initial uh, place to start and in my, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of opinions, and probably if I had to guess, Adam being network security guy uh, would would say that's a good place to start. Agreed. I always say with, you know, I, I do a lot of zero trust. Like I said, I do a lot of Cisco ice work. So, you know, we always, I advocate for a, you know, uh, crawl, walk, run kind of approach. So, you know, where do you start? Okay, well, I've got all my, you know, SVIs on a switch today. I'm going to move those northbound to an NMX, right? That way I can do interview and segmentation and all that stuff. I can also do my WAN security to Umbrella. Um, you know, I can do IPS inspection on that. Uh, and then, you know, then you maybe move into something like .1x on your wireless and, you know, instead of using pre-share keys. And then from there, you can move to your wired network. And, you know, that that's kind of the order you would, you would approach that for sure. Definitely the MX would be the perfect place to start. All right, Adam, we're going to send you an offer letter after this episode. <laughs> it's like, sounds like a plan to me. And I do want to add, right, I, I'm, I'm a big numbers guy, right? Like, show, show me the data. Give, give me some perspective here, right? From from the perspective of, of where we stand, right, and, and what we were able to, um, what, what we were able to attain from, from looking at, the data we have from dashboard we scan and we have scanned about two and a half billion files um, in about a month and on top of that content filtering which is one of my personal favorite features uh, has blocked in about the span of a month 513 uh, 513 million for AMP, which is used for scanning files and all. Uh, we have blocked in about a span of, of an average month about two and a half billion files. There we um, go. That's a big number. That is. Um, and on top of that, from like an IPS and content filtering perspective, 
the IP, IPS has blocked about half a million threats in a month. And for content filtering, which is one of my favorite, in the span of one day was over half a billion uh, blocks. So when we're talking about we are seeing, because of our position in the network, right, your traffic is going to pass through us. We're in a fantastic place to, to be looking and, and trying to secure your traffic right before it leaves, making sure it's sure that you have the posture that you're looking to have. Nick, one of those things that was blocked was my Friendster request to you. So <laughs> I'll send you I'll send you that separately. Maybe uh, I think that's probably throwback. erroneously, there you go. erroneously blocked. I think that was Friendster. Why is that triggering something? Uh, I must have purged that memory. (laughs) Rightfully so. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Just send it again. I'm sure it won't get lost this time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think we're we're coming to the end here. But before I close, Sam and Nick, are there any questions that we didn't ask you? Any last comments or words of wisdom you would like to impart on us? Or did, or did we just do a fantastic job? I mean, I think you guys did a fantastic job, right? I think, you know, if I were to summarize, you know, what I would love to leave you with, um, I mean, we on the MX team are always working hard to make sure that the devices we have out there and the next devices that we're building um, can scale, can support whatever new features uh, you guys might imagine and we might build in the future. Uh, and we do plan for these to be long life devices uh, that will keep you safe and keep your network up and running for, you know, years and years and years to come. Uh, so thank you guys so much for the questions. This was, I had a lot of fun. This was great. We have a lot of fun here. Great conversation. All right. To our listeners, if you want to continue your journey and learn more, check out the link provided in the show notes below. And of course, I have to remind you every week. Please subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to click on that subscribe or follow button now. Thank you for listening in. We'll see you again next week. 